Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Monday. Today's boost is dedicated in the merit of Devorah Rosalimsky. It's her birthday. Thank you from so many of your friends for all your teaching, Chala, Hebrew hosting, and all that you do for the Jewish people from your friends. I'd like to add to that. I know Mrs. Rosalimsky, she's a superstar. And some of you have a wonderful birthday and thank you for what you do for everybody and for your amazing son. Yesterday, we started down the road of sort of delving into the, the limitations of the physical world. One in that it's inherently limiting. The pleasures that we get from the physicalness of this world will end. It's limiting because physical is limited. And secondly, is the more you get it, the more your brain orients around it. And as a result, the more you need to maintain the same level of satisfaction. So if you get a brand new anything, the beginning of the experience is new and unique and there's variety and your brain is making all these new connections and it feels amazing. Stay doing that thing for a long time. At some point, in order to maintain the same level of gratification, you need to up the ante. You need to increase the pleasure. So not only is the physical world limiting when you're done with that thing, when you're done eating that food, when you're done on that vacation, when you're done doing anything physical, it's over. From the minute, it's a downward escalator. Not only is it over, but your brain has now created a connection to it, which is only going to make it harder and harder and harder, even if it's just in a very small, nuanced way. At some point, that thing is going to be un uninteresting. You see this a lot of times with people that have relationships. If their relationships are physical, at some point they just need something new. Because if all they have is a physical relationship with somebody else, that thing can't last forever. Not at the level of, of connection. Same thing with any type of pleasure. So what happens in your mind is that when it is racing through the world, it starts to anticipate the, the end of something and the need of something else. You anticipate that the vacation is almost over before the vacation is over. You're two days left on vacation and you're already thinking about the office because you're anticipating the limiting factor of this thing. And you're already planning for what you need. There's always a sense that you're going to need more. There's always a sense that it's never enough. As you reach a level in the physical world, as you reach a level in the material world, you're always already in anticipation. Well, I got to then hit. Right? Although, you know how much I love sports. It's very big, even though sports has, I think, a little bit of spirituality to it because there's teamwork, there's cause beyond self, but still it's so material. As you win the championship, the next morning you you are already planning for the next season 
the feeling of the material accomplishments of beating somebody else in a, in a physical sport, as great as it possibly can be, is inherently limiting. And it's only then as good as the next pursuit. And so when we live in this world, we have to understand that there really is no true joy in the physical world. As hard as it is, that it is for us to hear that. The joy that we look for in our lives does not take place through the accomplishing and accumulating of the materialism of this world. We've been through this before. This isn't the first time you're hearing this from me, for sure not. But we're circling back to what we just came out of, which was the world of victory and eternality. Mm-hmm. And how eternality really is the core of true victory. And we're circling out into the other side, which is called acknowledgement and gratitude. And in the world of the Sephirot, which is what we're tapping to a little bit with God's help, is that these two traits are actually connected. Eternality and acknowledgement, gratitude. They're actually one and the same. And I, you would never think to connect eternality and gratitude. But they're, they're both different sides of the same coin which is eternality is the recognition that the physical world can never be enough for me. And I have to be immersed in where I am in order to not be thrown by where I am in order to connect to something deeper. But how do I do that? How do I actually do that? How do I shut off all of the, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. How do I slow down so that I'm on vacation, I can enjoy myself? How could I take my things in life and deepen them? How do I spiritualize the physical? I know where I got to get to at the end of it, which is somehow making something spiritual. But I don't know how to, I don't know how, how do I do that? And there's levels to doing that, which we'll get to. But how do I start that process? And you start that process by the world of gratitude. You start the process of slowing down the brain racing to it's almost over. I got to get, I got to get, I got to get to, whoa, I already have. I'm here right this second. And I got to find ways to sip this part of my life. That's why I don't drink iced coffee. It's too quick. Coffee is made to be sipped, not swallowed. You have to sip it. You don't gulp it. You don't gulp gulp coffee. It's not a Gatorade. It's the experience of coffee is the warm cup in your hand the burning sensation the just under the burning on your lips. It's a, it's an experience. It's not meant to be gulped. Life isn't meant to be gulped. Life is meant to be sipped. And we have this fear that if I don't gulp, I'm going to miss it until one day we wake up and we realize that we've been running so fast. We've missed it. The running is what makes us miss it. This happened to me this morning and every morning, to be honest with you. When I go to pray in the morning, 
usually as soon as you try to concentrate on something, everything else pops into your mind. You know, you ever have, you ever have that feeling? The best ideas is when you want to concentrate on something else. The greatest things that ever, my best ideas come when I'm trying to pray because like I'm trying to pray. As soon as you try to concentrate on something, all the ideas today in the middle of prayers, I realized I double booked something yesterday. I had all day. I'm looking at my calendar. I didn't even realize I double booked something today in prayers. All of a sudden I'm like, wait, wait. Yeah. I, I double booked my two o'clock. And I'm like, how did you, cause your brain could do anything. Right. Like the minute you have to think about something, the minute you have to concentrate for more than five minutes, you ever had this feeling as you try to concentrate, everything in the world is coming up. Right. Everything is like thinking through and thinking through and thinking through. So I'm sitting in prayers this morning and I got some things that are still unresolved and issues. And a lot of what I do is companies and there's usually issues, which is why I'm there. This person, that person, I forgot this guy made a phone call. It's all hitting, 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 hitting. And I can feel myself like losing it. I call this tilt. I think it's called tilt. Anyone who plays, anyone plays poker? Andy, let me know if anyone on Facebook Live is, is, is sending in information here or Zoom. Anyone? I think this is called tilt. It's when you play poker. And poker is a game of at least Texas Hold'em poker, from what I understand. I play. I used to play. I, I never play poker. I don't have that time or attention. It's. Um, but I told you the story once when I was negotiating. I don't know if I told you the story. Years ago, I was in charge of some real estate project that was well beyond my years, and I had no experience to deal with all of the issues dealing with the restructured uh, project. It was so I didn't know what to do. So one of my mentors said, watch Texas Hold'em because you learn how to read people. And I did. I would go down the train to this place where I was overseeing this construction. And on the way back and forth in the train, I would literally watch Texas Hold'em poker. It was credible. Anyways, it's, some, it's very, it's a very, it's very, the real pros are, are very, they're, they're masters. It's so important that we don't like just look at other people and like just dismiss them. These guys, I mean, they look like they're wearing like backwards caps and they've got like, you know, cool sunglasses on and they got sweat. So you don't think they're masters. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. The guys who are winning Texas Hold'em trophies are like, they're off the charts and they're playing the, the table and they're trying to see who has what. So they're looking for tells and signs and it's a whole, I don't, it's not even worth going into. It's a whole world of negotiation. I learned more, honestly. And I went, thank God I went to great schools. I went to Columbia. Like I went to great schools and I went to law classes and I went to business school classes. I, I learned from like some significant, like, a, you know, brilliant people. I was blessed by God and I'll never forget and thank him for it. I didn't belong in these places, to be honest with you. I was like outmatched, but I was honored to be there. Nothing compares to watching Texas Hold'em people work this out anyways i'm telling you this for a reason there's something that i think it's called tilt it's not there's a word for it but someone who's watching will know it so if you know it let me see if i get it here uh, i don't know if it's here yet yeah here it is yeah yeah, yeah i got it i got it. it's called tilt who, who hooked me up with this one andy um and here here's how i remember it which is when you're playing the game, sometimes you get great cards or someone does something that gets you annoyed. Whatever it is, it's an emotional and you can feel the emotions rising. 
Now, when your emotions rise, you, you're at a disadvantage because you're acting emotionally and not, and not rationally. So it's a big deal in, in a poker game because if you're acting emotionally, you're going to make a move or you're going to give a tell and you're going to lose. So these master players learn how to, how to identify this emotion. You all had it. You know the feeling you've got when like someone says something to you and like sort of like embarrasses you a little bit, not really. And like you can feel the emotions rising. You ever have that? where um, you're so excited for something that it's rising or you're so insulted by something or you're so overwhelmed by something. Yesterday, I spoke to this wonderful woman. I mean, God bless this woman who's dealing with things like we can't even believe, hitting her at the exact same time. And it, it's not that she's she couldn't deal with each thing. It's that they're all hitting. You ever have that sense? Mm -hmm. The overwhelmingness of the 10 things that come into your head. It's not the one thing you got to make the phone call back. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and it all hits you usually at the wrong time when you're on the, when you're on the train or you're online or you're praying or you're doing something. And it's like, I got, I got, you ever have that? Where you walk into a room and someone says something and like, you're not prepared for it. And now you can feel your emotions rising. And then if you say that thing, you're going to regret it. That's called, I, that's, I call that to myself. I take it from the poker guys, tilt. You're off. The last thing you should be doing is talking. The last thing you should be doing is acting. So that happened to me this morning. Of course it does. Cause God's like, all right, you can talk about it today. Like I got to like put you through some experiential experience, Charlie. Like how many times has this happened to us? Happens to me all the time because God's awesome. And he wants life to be more interesting. So if we're talking about it, I'm experiencing it this morning in prayers. And I, it hits me. It hits me. It came out of nowhere. It was like a blindside tackle. I was like sitting in the pocket with open receivers, you know, Frank Clark spins off, spins off the tackle and is, it, it hits me like a, like, like a blindside tackle, knocks me out. And I'm thinking, oh my God, two o'clock and four o'clock. I call this guy. I got to deal with this tomorrow. And I can feel like it's not anger. It's not at all. It's like exhaustion already. It's overwhelmingness. What do I do? What do we do when this happens? Pulls you out of immersion, right? Pulls you out of immersion. I was in Israel last week for three days. It's the gift I was in waiting for for a year and a half. Ten things in the morning because they're closing the borders. If you if you're watching the news, this and that and this and that. Just checking my time. What do you do? What's the secret? Gratitude. I sat down in the chair this morning as everything was hitting and I said, wait a second. I love this seat in the shul. It's gonna be 50 degrees today in Woodmere. It was 22 or three yesterday this time. 
I'm honored to have the things that I'm worried about. I get to talk to you guys at nine o'clock, which is my dream. This is really great. This is really great. I get to breathe. I get to read Hebrew. The rabbi who's five feet from me is a person who I respect like crazy. And as I'm breathing in these gifts, I can feel myself totally changing. We spoke about this two days ago or yesterday, right? You go to the well of gratitude. And it starts to overwhelm whatever is going on in you. And all of a sudden, you can feel the pool filling up. You can experience things that your brain won't let you experience because the brain is there to survive. And survival requires you to look at the problems. If you survive, you're looking at problems. To thrive, you have to look at what you have. It's not a question of like, I'm not going to get to my stuff. What it's doing is it's elevating me from my problems. That person who I got to deal with on most likely Wednesday, it's going to be a little bit of an issue between us. I'm happy to be able to have the chance to even deal with it. And when you start to infuse gratitude acknowledgement that what you have even as hard as it may be is exactly what you are here for when you start to move your mind away from issue 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 which is going to come into your brain first because our brain is built to survive and you start to change it with gift 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 your issues don't go away they just they just change their impact it starts to reduce tilt. It starts to put you in a much different state of mind. It allows the immersion that we've been speaking about for weeks to take place because you breathe again. You can breathe again. And once you allow your equilibrium to come back and you start realizing all the stuff that you have, and if you feel like you have nothing, you have something. I spoke to a lady yesterday who lost her husband to the virus. And she would do anything just for the life of her husband. So that means that if me and you are, our eyes are open, that's a huge gift. That's a huge gift to have a day. To have a day to make a difference, to have a day to breathe in. And let me tell you something. One of the things that we don't appreciate is just the spiritual holiness of happiness. Happiness is a byproduct of a few things. One of them is gratitude, but happiness in Judaism is holy. It's holy if it's done correctly, obviously. Feeding the, the physical in order to just be addicted to physical pleasures. And as soon as they end, feed more physical pleasures, that's not holy. Eating and getting joy out of eating is wonderful, but eating so much that you can't ever stop not eating because the fear of not eating and the loss of the pleasure of not eating is too much to bear. So you just keep on stuffing yourself. That's not holy, but slowing down the pleasure of the physical world to the point in which you can extract 
the joy out of it. Using gratitude as the mechanism in which to appreciate this world and the gifts that we have, that's holiness. That's the beginning of how we change tilt and how we allow ourselves to stay focused and present and how we slowly start to release the grip of the physical pleasures that need, that tell us you need more and more and more and more and more and more and more or else, or else, or else, or else, or else. The hunger that we have is not for more materialism. That's not what it means to be hungry. That's great for a speech. It's not great for life. The hunger that we have is for depth. It's for joy in every moment. It's to be in control of the world, not to be controlled by it. How do we do it? We'll continue talking tomorrow. Happy birthday, Devorah Rosalimsky. And thank you to your wonderful friends for being amazing. Today, try this. Try it. If you feel yourself going into tilt, just stop. Just in your mind's eye, identify two or three things and just allow the, the gratefulness and the gratitude and the joy of those things to slowly enter into your, into your consciousness. Let's see how this feels. All right. Have an awesome day. And with God's help, I can't wait to see you again tomorrow.